listening to a podcast from Seesaw Magazine. I'm Rosalind Appleby and today I'm chatting with Asha Fish, Principal Conductor of the West Australian Symphony Orchestra, who has just stepped out of hotel quarantine and back onto the podium with his orchestra. It's an exciting time because Wazze have announced their program for 2022 and we're about to hear Asha's insights into the music that's been planned. Asha, welcome back to Perth. Thank you. I'll never forget during COVID last year when you finally managed to get from Germany back to Perth through quarantine and onto the stage and the response from the audience was like welcoming the return of a family member. The applause when you walked on the stage, it went for a good several minutes. I, I rarely get very emotional or overwhelmed. I keep my cool usually, but this was really a great moment. I came out and, and the reaction of the audience and I thought, yes, it, it's all worth it. It's uh, You invest, you come, you do the quarantine and then you come out and you get to perform with a wonderful orchestra for an excited and and uh, loyal audience. It's great. We do appreciate the efforts you go through each time, getting exemption and getting back into Australia and through quarantine. You must have quite a few tips on surviving hotel quarantine now. Well, I've, this this was I just did my third quarantine. The first one, I must say, I took as a challenge, like, okay, can I live with myself in a closed room for two weeks <laughs> with only my scores, not a piano, not a keyboard, just the scores. And it's, and I actually enjoyed the first quarantine because it's the first time ever in my life that I could only study without any other influences, no phones ringing. You could decide to study at 4 a.m. and then sleep until 4 in the afternoon. It's all good. It's all allowed. The second one, yes, then I needed a, I rented a, a bike, a training bike. So right. at least I do, because of course you don't move. And the third one was very interesting because it was right now in Howard Springs and uh, it's very different and there's some more difficulties there, but you can sit outside and there are eight of you in, in four, eight cubicles and you're allowed to sit in the veranda. So I met people and spent two weeks with people I would never have even a short, the shortest conversation mm. with, because why? And it's fascinating. And one of them came to our concert, his first concert. He came with a blind date last week. So this was <laughs> my achievement in this quarantine. Lovely. How are you going through COVID? Are you still able to be making music in Europe? I was really very, very lucky because a lot of my colleagues didn't work until very recently. And um, since orchestras in Europe and in America, they wanted to continue to work, if not with audiences, at least to to produce some uh, online content. And I worked actually from last October solidly. So I did some productions in Italy, which we have streamed. We made a film of an opera, Adriana Le Couvreur. We have, I've done a lot of Munich in streaming, in live streaming and in the United States. And then, well, of course, I came here. Uh, for two periods of, of concerts. And then I was very lucky to be able to reopen the Munich Opera House uh, for the first concert with audience after the closure. Wonderful. Uh, which was also very exciting. So I had a lot of uh, very interesting things to do. I, and I, I can't complain. And a lot mm -hmm. of my colleagues, especially singers who are self-employed, you know, and they're not in an ensemble somewhere. And it was really rough for them. Mm. And now you've made it back to Australia and you've got several weeks of concerts here in Perth and through the Southwest and you're launching the 2022 program. 
And it's a very, it's a vast and varied program. But can we start with your particular favourites? I noticed you'll be performing as soloist again in a Mozart piano concerto. Yes, it's been well. The last time was was the Schumann concerto, but I did not conduct it. And this one, uh, I, the only time I've played a concerto with the orchestra and conducted from the keyboard was my first week as a, as a principal mm. conductor in 2014 with a D minor and now we go on to the C minor. Mm. And you've got some Mahler in next year? Uh, yes, the third uh, is a symphony that I've conducted here before I had my position, years before, and uh, I'm going slowly through my Bruckner cycle and Mahler cycle with the orchestra and now it's time for the third. But what really stands out uh, for me next year, actually the biggest, uh, the, the biggest point, the biggest attraction for me is uh, Britain's War Requiem. Right, yeah, lovely big choral work. It's just, I love Britain, I love his music, I love the Requiem. Uh, it's a work for the chorus, for a, a large orchestra, a double orchestra. Um, and I think that it's a highlight in our season next mm. year. And there's some great crowd pleasers in the program too. Some, you know, the popular masterworks like Vivaldi's Four Seasons, the Dvorak from the New World, and the Elgar cello concerto. What is it about these works that makes them reach so deep into the hearts of humanity? You know, no matter whether we're hearing them for the first time or the fiftieth time. You know, it's, uh, for example, Elgar cello concerto very very popular piece in english-speaking countries less so in germany and in italy right. uh, on the other hand a Bruckner symphony we play here it's really hard to get to the audience and uh, in austria it's their bread and butter mm. they, they it's something i've i've come to understand that it's some, there's something in the in, in it, it's in the chemistry i would say the chemistry because some some harmonic movements work on certain people and of course it's their cultural background it's the songs that they used to sing the language that mm. of course they understand of course is if if a, if a piece has text and is in the language but it's i mean the new world symphony is is popular equally the world over and so is tchaikovsky four five and six etc there are su mm. such works but some works are just uh, uh, territorial specific and it's very interesting for me and I love that they love Elgar. I mean when I did uh, Enigma Variations I didn't know it was such a big hit in Australia but it is. And the big news um, in the program this year for me is that Wazo is announcing a new composer in residence for Olivia, 2022 yeah. and I'm excited to note it's a composer who will help write the gender imbalance that exists in the world of composition. So tell us about Olivia Davies. I have just met her last year when uh, I performed, uh, the first time I performed one of her pieces and she, immediately I, I understood she's different. She's, she's not, she, she really has very early on developed her own language. Mm. And uh, that's for me the most important thing. If, if, if I see a composer who is an individual, an individuum, and they can really speak in their own language and disregard traditions, disregard trends, uh, and definitely not not trying to be liked. She she writes hard music, hard to listen to. Uh, it's challenging, and that's another thing that uh, because the, the poor composers today, you know, they 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 have to fight, they have to survive. Uh, it, it is really, really difficult. And we know that we have a disconnect already for many years, for a hundred years. I'm doing this week, uh, three pieces for orchestra by Berg. Mm. 
They've been composed over a hundred years ago, and I still have to apologize for programming such a work because it's over so uber, uber modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the, uh, a lot of composers try to work over this disconnect and, and try to find ways to, to, to connect to the audience, and it's totally understandable. Otherwise, every world premiere becomes a world dernier. Uh, the, the first <laughs> performance is also the last performance, yes. and we want to avoid that. But uh, Olivia goes her way, and uh, mm. sh she's not trying to be pop. And that's I think that's the way to go because she will... At the end, or even now, I, th I think her piece was really very uh, uh, warmly accepted by the audience. Mm, you're talking about Stratus that was yes. performed earlier this year. Yes. I love the way, and she, you're right, she's a very original voice, and I love the textures that she can create from an ensemble. Even in you know her first explorations into an ensemble this large, she created this immense um, sense of space, like a three-dimensional yes, space. Yes, by using very uh, detailed divisi yeah, in the strings. Yeah. So almost every instrument yeah. in the strings has their own line. I mean, this is an old technique, but she has developed it. She has found her own uh, And those hazes of sound that yeah. she creates. I actually suspect that her music will very quickly find a place in the heart of the audiences. So. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always interested in music by living composers, you know, the music that speaks to our time and our place. And happily, there are quite a few world premieres next year for Warsaw. Yeah. You've got um, an Elena Katz-Chernin piece coming up, um, Nigel Westlake's Trumpet Concerto. Yeah, that's exciting. And an Elliot Geiger work as well. Um, and what's Olivia's role going to be? What is she going to be doing with projects or compositions? Well, we had the last resident, uh, the composer in the residence was Lachlan Skipworth. Mm -hmm. And what we try to do is just to uh, uh, encourage uh, new compositions. We don't dictate, we don't uh, commission specifically unless there is a, a, a donation mm -hmm. for a, uh, which is always a very welcome opportunity uh, if we can specifically commission a work. But basically what we try to give the composer uh, is is free leeway to compose what they want and we, are, we will perform it. Mm. And so it's a connection with the orchestra. They can come and participate in other activities, especially when we have other uh, contemporaries uh, works on the program. Uh, they come and they follow, but but basically we're trying to give them uh, a medium to to for performance because again, composing without knowing there's a, a performance coming up is very very difficult. Mm. The, and the larger the piece is, the more difficult it is. So it's nice to know that you can write a major, big, large piece, and uh, an important orchestra will perform it for and you. And then hear it, yeah. <laughs> hear the sounds yeah. that you've made. Yeah. Now, Warsaw typically has a large quota of visiting performers and conductors, which of course has been much more difficult to navigate during a global pandemic. Even, you know, the interstate artists have had to cancel their performances. So for the 2021 season, the emphasis was um, very much on homegrown soloists. And we've been extremely lucky um, for you to have exemption to join the orchestra on occasion. But what's the plan for 2022? Will there be international guests? Yes, so so for 21, as you said, what we did is is try to reduce risk of cancellation and we're very very grateful and happy that we that we saw that coming and we assumed at the beginning of the year that 21 uh, all the way to the end of the year we will have difficulties bringing in uh, soloists and conductors for 22 we have to try and break this mold and we have to try and bring in 
uh, some international artists, less than in a regular year, but we have Vasily Petrenko coming, we have Inkinen mm-hmm. coming, we have very, very uh, uh, well-established and fantastic uh, conductors and soloists coming, but we have a, a, a backup plan, a B plan, and if things get canceled, then uh, I myself might not be able to do all the concerts. It really depends on if, if they let me in, if I can skip quarantine later in the season, it's all up in the air. But we will try to do the best to keep the, at least a program Mm. exactly as we presented this mm. week. So uh, if somebody else takes over a concert, we try, like, uh, uh, if, if there's a big Bruckner symphony and I plan to do it, uh, if I cannot come and do it, then we will make sure that we uh, can get another conductor who can do the Bruckner symphony and not keep changing the program. Right, yeah. So the artists may change, but the music will hopefully stay It doesn't similar. always work because if you do a new piece or if, if it's a piano concerto that I play, of course not. But yes. everything else uh, we will try to keep. Yeah, yeah. Do you have some soloists that you can pick out for us to look forward to for next year? Well, Bibus Creed was supposed to come already two years ago uh, and we have pushed her and pushed her and now she's coming this year and hopefully she can make it uh, to play the Corn Gold uh, Violin Concerto, which is a piece that I love and I think will... will the audiences here will mm, love as well. Stunning. And uh, Beso Dabromayrov was supposed to do the five, the Beethoven piano concerto cycle with us in Beethoven year. And he will come this year to play one of the five, number three. And I'm very excited again to have Andy Nicholson, our fantastic solo flautist, to play the Iber at the top of the season. Oh, next wow. Year. Sounds amazing. And so there's a whole heap of other highlights in the program too, which listeners can check out on um, our website. You know, there's the hip hop collaboration and family shows, the Wazo Chorus event and um, a dance collaboration. I want to look backwards for a moment. Over the past two years, Wazo's initiated quite a few new outreach initiatives and community events and profiled local artists in a way that demonstrates the orchestra seems to be taking quite seriously its role as a nationally funded organisation to build musical community in Western Australia. And some of that was planned, such as the side-by-side collaborations with the State Youth Orchestra and the UWA Conservatorium of Music and then the platform for First Nations artists singing songs in Noongar language. Some of it also was a result of COVID, I suspect, and the enforced narrowing of, of the focus to local artists. Um, but I'm wondering now where where we're heading for next year. What's the vision for 2022? And what will the orchestra be bringing to the West Australian audience in this strange time that we're living through? Well, as, as uh, this week, for example, we have learned that uh, we this week was supposed to be a collaboration with the Annam musicians from Melbourne. Yes. Uh, and that is why we programmed humongous pieces like the Berg Three pieces for orchestra, uh, a big Wagner overture and the Planets by Host because we thought this would be a great opportunity for these musicians to play in pieces that they, even if they form a large orchestra of music, it's hard for them to get to such sizes and to play such difficult music. So this was the plan. As I said, we have kept the program, but without the other musicians, because of course they cannot come in from Victoria. So uh, we're not risking anything like that next year. Mm. Uh, what we keep doing, and this is our mission, I mean, for me as, as principal conductor, uh, of course the main activity of the orchestra are the symphonic concerts, the, the classics and the, and the master series that we play. But uh, I know that it is 
it is essential for the orchestra to play in other circumstances and to also uh, be in charge of outreach programs because uh, they develop two, two different aspects of the quality of the orchestra. One is to play for the opera and for the ballet. For me, an orchestra that doesn't play opera is lacking mm. something very important. It, you cannot uh, arrive at a flexibility of playing, um, uh, ability to improvise on the spot if you don't have the experience from playing in the pit. Mm. Um, for ballet, it's less demanding because in ballet they usually stay in the same tempo. But in opera, uh, that's, my, that's where I come from and I know how important it is. And for me, European orchestras who play at the opera, as well as concerts, play better concerts, simply. Yeah. Um, and then the next step, which is not my expertise, because I just, I don't know, I, it's very hard for me to draw the connection between uh, going to a group of kids in a suburb of Perth and teaching them basic things about instruments and music and seeing the result in 20 years that they become our audiences. This is not my expertise, but I do know that it works. That, and it's and, crucial. And I do know yeah. that we have to do it. We, yeah. we, we simply have to make sure that, that audiences are not dwindling because audiences, uh, and especially now after COVID, I think there's, there would be a big danger. It's, I'm not talking about Perth. Perth is in, in a, a great position right now because we can perform. And last week we had full capacity halls. Amazing, isn't but, it? Yes, but the rest but of the world. The rest of the world will go down. Yeah. I think numbers will go down. And I think we have to come up with very creative ideas in the field of education, in the field of trying to reach other audiences by different programming, by different hours of performances. We've tried 6 p.m. It wasn't a good, great success, but we should maybe try later night, whatever works, because we do know that if we perform out in Langley Park, 20,000 people are showing up mm. for the concert. So there are 20,000 people in Perth uh, who are uh, uh, potential concert goers. Audiences, yes. yeah, yeah. And so we have to do everything we can to to reach out, not, I got, I got, not outreach, but reach out to make sure that we are mm. creating the audiences of the future. Mm. So that tandem is going to be a big part of the program next year as well. Yes, yep. because uh, uh, that's that's how we plan our year. There's there's always plenty of time during the season uh, to to plan uh, for uh, outreach programs. Mm. And I know you and the orchestra are really soon heading on a regional tour with the young Australian violinist Grace Clifford um, through the southwest down to Albany. Yes, my first visit to Esperance. Yes, uh, I've been to Albany once. I was as sick as a dog. I'll never forget this concert. But uh, uh, we took one of our Beethoven symphony programs when we did the cycle in 2014. Uh, and we went down there and uh, I love going back and to see a new, they tell me that Esperance is beautiful. So mm, I'm looking forward. Yeah, well, enjoy springtime in WA's Great Southern and I hope you have a COVID safe trip. Thank you very much. I would like to thank Asha Fish, Principal Conductor of the West Australian Symphony Orchestra, for joining me to record this podcast. For more information about Wazo's 2022 season, head to seesawmag.com.au. And if you like what you're listening to, buy us a coffee while you're there. 
This podcast was mixed by Gemma King with theme music, Newsy Hipster by Josh Hogan and Ned Beckley of Envelope Audio. We acknowledge the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast, and pay our respects to their elders, past and present.